Hello and welcome to the Liverpool Way podcast following a hard-fought 1-0 win over West Ham at Anfield. A first Anfield goal and a blitzkrieg of a performance from Darwin Nunes was the big takeaway, but it took some major heroics from Alisson at the other end to ensure three points and a second straight clean sheet. I'm Chris Smith and I'm joined by Julian Richards and Dave Usher, editor at liverpoolway.co.uk. All three of us were at the game last night on a night when the cop also took a measure of revenge for Kurt Zuma's cat. Dave, this was a far cry from Sunday's Blood and Thunder, but we just about did what was necessary to keep the momentum up and carry on climbing the table. Yeah, game of two halves, as they say. I thought we were really, really good in the first half. Uh, I actually said to a couple of the lads at half-time that this might be the best we've played all season, just for all around. You know, other than like right at the end, like the, the penalty, they didn't have a sniff. You know, we were just utterly dominant. Played some good football, created chances, and it was looking good at half time. And then the second half was, I don't know if it was the early subs, um, but I, I didn't feel like we were playing particularly well even before like the triple substitution. But then that definitely didn't help. <clears throat> um, and the longer it went, it just felt like we were hanging on a bit towards the end. But thankfully, um, West Ham didn't pose too much of a threat. They had the moments. Could have equalised near the end. Milner's made like a, a great little block, but um, yeah, it's just one of them. You just take the points, move on, forget about it. Mm-hmm. Jules, we've sort of been bemoaning over the last few weeks a lot of stuff sort of going against us. Um, when we haven't been having much luck, we haven't really been making our own luck. But I feel like just over the last couple of games, maybe there's been a little bit of a, a switch there and, and now we're sort of back in a little bit of a groove where things are maybe just sort of not so much going our way, but we're not just on the wrong end of everything. I think that might be down to this game. We had a lot, especially in the first half, we had a lot of control, not just of the ball, but just of the tempo of how we wanted to play, imposing ourselves on West Ham a bit more. Um, and in the second half, it was a bit more even. But, you, you, you know, the, the middle of the block... Uh, right at the end from Socek you're going to get those things in football matches they happen but it's all about if you're in the right place at the right time to to make the block and and he was and we have and we have been so whereas like the Man City game was just you know to use a cliche blood and thunder this was a much more calm and effort but it is difficult you know to play a game like this immediately after you've just played a game like that it not not to not to say it's a banana skin because West Ham very rarely win in Anfield but it, you know, the the sort of the come down. The crowd certainly had a come down tonight. But the, the the come down for the players as well means that you can get caught cold. But again, I think we were in control for most of it. Even in the second half, I thought we were we didn't control the tempo as as well. But it it didn't. It was very very calm performance. I thought um, apart from that rash moment where Gomez gave away the penalty. Although we can talk about that in a bit. Mm-hmm. Dave. Um, obviously, after the game, you were sort of uh, buzzing about Darwin's impact. He was only on the field for 55 minutes, um, but in that time, a lot of a lot of stuff happened, and he quite deservedly got his first Anfield goal. Yeah, I just wondered if Jules is going to apologise for his Darwin takes <laughs> over the course of the season and acknowledge that maybe he jumped the gun a bit. Uh, well, <clears throat> in the spirit of politics at the moment, I have nothing to apologise for. <laughs> uh, look, look um, part part of it was part of it is obviously just just ripping Dave because Dave loves him so much. And then part of it is, some of it is, is rooted in reality. The, the reality is, for me, um, he's, he's so different 
to the to the players we've had before. It's like trying to put a you know a, a round peg in a square hole, and it requires time to 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 sand the hole to make it round so you can you can you can fit the peg in, and it's getting there. The adjustment, the the the, the four two three one or the four four twos or whatever, the, the changes of formation, um, and I, there's also the I was I was thinking last night that when everything he did got a chant of Nunez, it struck me a little bit that everyone's a bit too. He, I think he will come good and I think he will be absolutely fine, but it makes it come across like he's a bit shit because everyone is so desperate for him to be good that like he'll block he'll block a pass or something, something that like Thiago does all day long or, or Hendo. Or even Salah, Salah like does work, but does work hard and, go, and work back, and everyone takes it for granted. And Nunez does it, and the crowds meet like Nunez, Nunez, and it's it, it's good, but it's like it's a bit like, oh yeah, they're not very good. Kids done something good. Let's ruffle his hair. It seems to yeah. me, which isn't fair. I, I know what you mean. The yeah, other you know what I mean. Though, Jules, is that his confidence is, is not being great so it's just trying to do no, that. No, I, I, I know I do, what you mean I, 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 I do get that the, it does give off that kind of vibe but I think it's just he needs he needs a boost he needs confidence he needs to know everyone's behind him because it was, a, it was a bit daunting for him when he came in he didn't settle straight away he was a bit intimidated by but he'd already scored at this point <laughs> he'd yeah. already had he'd already had a shot tipped over the bar he'd been excellent yeah. uh, in, his, in his forward play so I, don't, I just don't think that, that was needed Mm. And he was excellent in some of his forward play because again, it's learning to adapt for him and for the team. But you can see the adaptation is starting to work. Um, and I, you know, I said in a few pods ago, like he's he's a bit like saying shoot on sight, have a dig. He is, but it's, I suppose only in the sense that we've had so many chances or so many situations over the last few years with Mane and especially Bobby where there's a chance to shoot and the shot won't be taken. It'll be, oh, we'll have another pass. It got a little too intricate, um, a la Wenger's 2014 to 2016 period at Arsenal, where they would always be like knocking it around the box, trying to tap it into the net. The old uh, IT crowd guy. Yeah, yeah. The problem would be Arsenal is they're always trying to walk it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But, but Nunez is... You say he lacks confidence, but he, he doesn't in that. He will. He he's quite willing to have a dig, to get, and he's got a very very f- finessed shot. Very you know, gets very, very a great amount of power from not a lot of backlift and all that kind of stuff. So, I, his attacking play w- w- was good. He had he had a couple of great chances. I mean, one of them wasn't even a chance. The first one, which was tipped over the bar early on in the first half, because. I don't think the keeper didn't expect him to, to shoot from there. I don't think the crowd expected him to shoot from no. there, but it was a great, great effort. So, as I said at the time, part of it is devil's advocate and part of it is winding you up. And then part of it is sometimes he looks like a horse galloping around the field. But this, for the most part, I was like, I was dead. Racehorse. Last night. Racehorse, obviously. he's fast as fuck. Yeah, he is. He's deceptively fast, yeah. I hear some good words coming from Jules now, though. I heard excellent finesse. A couple of others. Excellent racehorse. He didn't say thought about. Yeah, he said that. But this is good. These are like positive words to the. Yeah. I think the tide may have turned for. uh... Yeah, again, it's part of it was just to play devil's advocate, Um, and I was still, I'm still partly fuming that he got sent off for no point to Petrum to dickhead. But apart (laughs) from that, 
he's obviously got that in his locker, but he's you know he is young, I suppose. So you know you make rash decisions when you're younger. It's all right to say that now when when we're all you know James Milner age, we're all like wise and like if we if you if you get sent if James Milner gets sent off on the pitch, he's probably intended to because he's done a lot yeah. of stitch tackle to to or a, a, a tactical foul because it's worth it at that point. But no, very very good. And he goes, I do you know what? It's funny he scored. Uh, you say he scored his first goal at Anfield, and I was thinking, oh, he scored one at Anfield already. He scored loads of goals because he has, was that his fifth of the season? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's scoring goals. Five yeah, and six he, starts. Yeah, you know that's that's Gabriel Jesus numbers that. It's actually better than than Jesus with the, like minutes and stuff when you factor all that in. Well, that's because um, Arsenal cried off playing last night because there's something to do with the dead queen. Yeah. But now with with Darwin, there was things last night where like I think everyone was just like fucking hell, you know it just like takes you aback when he does it. Mm-hmm. Like it started with that shot, which if he's on the other side, if he's running through on his right, we've seen him do that before. I think he did it at Goodison, didn't he? Just a chasing a bouncing ball over the top, it lets it bounce and then he just leathers it. But on his left side, I mean we've not really seen enough of him to know what his strengths and weaknesses are and that. But, like, obviously, like, shooting with his left foot is not an issue, you know, and, and not just shooting with his left foot, but getting as much power with his left as with his right. I mean, not many players can do that. You make the comparison with Cissé, but Cissé couldn't do that on his left side. On his right side, it was like, yeah, I'm having a dig, but on his left, totally different story. But Darwin's, like, you know, either side doesn't care, header. So he's got all of that going for him, so that's really good. Um... Obviously, the one that hit the post as well was another like wow moment. Big time. And the third one for me was that the chance he had in the second half when um, he just hit a shot with his left foot and I think it think it went straight at the keeper. I think the keeper saved it, but it was the run. Like the ball got played between two defenders and it was like oh he's not going to get that. And the next thing he just flew between the two of them. And I know he's quick over it, like long gallops if you like but this was like a short sprint and he still got there first I was like fucking hell he, he's he's absolutely dynamite you know just mm-hmm. like the speed off the mark speed over distances both feet headers it's just when he's got time to think about stuff his decision making is a little bit eh. um, but you like to think that you know that's something that'll come when he just gets a little bit more settled because he's very instinctive it's like the, the best things that he's doing are instinctive Mm-hmm. Now, I used to say that about Andy Cole. It can be a red flag, like, you know, well, when they've got time to think about it, the shit. But also, I mean, when you watch, like, his, his highlights from Benfica, there was loads of goals where he did have time to think about it, and he was, like, really composed. So I'm still hoping that it's just a case of him needing to settle down a bit. But, I mean, the, the, the sky's the limit for him. He just looks like he's got so much going for him. He's got sort of all of the natural tools and everything you need as well, like, two good feet. He can head the ball. He's big. He's totally strong. He's fast. Um, he, he is capable of more finesse than we've seen from him over the the longer period of time. But it, it is all sort of shaping up quite positively now, I think. And that one that hit the post was the one for me that was just like, holy fuck. And I was sat right behind it and it, it looked for all the money in the world as if it was going in. I was like, that's it. Yeah. And I was amazed when it bounced back. I was like, why aren't we all going mad at the moment? But that is such what he did there was such a difficult difficult skill it was like Suarez-esque wasn't it the, yeah. the one against Arsenal that hit the post where you were on the telly jewels um, 
But and but just even that little bit of chest control that completely took Zuma out of the equation and like moved it in a position and the vo- like that is a much harder ball to hit than the the one over the top which is sort of dropping and you can hit those dipping volleys. Yeah. And I just thought that you know that that showed something. One of those is going to go in 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 the next couple of weeks I think and then it might just be lift off for him. But um, I've come to the conclusion, Dave, that. Like there's a very strong film analogy here with you and Darwin being his sort of like main cheerleader. Cheerleader is probably the wrong word, but um, advocate. And uh, I mentioned it on Twitter last night in the fact that like you're Morpheus and uh, Darwin is Neo. And you mentioned that you didn't get that reference, which was incredible to me because like The Matrix what? is one of the most popular films <laughs> of the last thirty years. And yeah, and it was like, when did it come out? What year? 1999. Well, that's 99. when I watched it, and I've not watched it since. So okay, all right. Well, basically, like Morpheus, one of the leaders of the probably the leader of the resistance against the Machine Empire, and you've identified like Darwin as Neo, the one to bring it all down. Like you've staked everything on it, like your life, your reputation, the survival of humanity, <laughs> and the rest of the crew like aren't sure. They're like the likes of me and Brownie, you know, they want to trust you, but I think you might be going a bit overboard. And then you've got some like naysayers like Jules. He was obviously played by uh, Joe Pantoliano. Ralph, you just think you've lost Ralphie. the plot. Yeah, yeah. But eventually, there'll be like a moment where it's all on the line, and it'll come down to Darwin to rescue civilization. And he'll be going past defenders in like bullet time, like they're not there, evading tackles with ease, and like eventually, like firing us to glory. And Dave gets to proudly utter, "He is the one." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm good with that. I'm happy to. To stake my reputation on him because I've not really got a reputation, so I've got nothing to lose. <laughs> Hoping to acquire one from this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, Darwin's my boy. So yeah, I'm good with that. Who's the machine empire in this Man City? I guess so. Yeah. Or the world, just everybody. Fuck them right. all. Yeah. Yeah, it's Twitter. The machine Twitter, empire's okay. Twitter. All the shit that's been on. I all the bots. <laughs> Posting videos of him like hitting a cross in training and saying, Look at this, the worst shot ever. I'm like, Well, it's clearly a cross. It was a shit cross, but you know, why is that even getting any traction on Twitter? People are just so desperate for him to be shit. And he just clearly isn't. It's like, if, if, if you think he's going to be shit, well, you're going to be disappointed. What I don't understand is why people are almost like willing it to be so. I think it's a similar thing to what you were talking about with Trent the other week, where. Like, people are so, they've got a viewpoint and they're now entrenched in it. And to the detriment of, like, us as a team, they would prefer to be proved right over, uh, you know. Anyway, um, this this was good stuff from him. Why did he come off after 55 minutes? Is it just a case of keeping him fresh for Saturday because we've got limited options? No, it's, I, I was, um, I watched Klopp's press conference when I got in because I was, to be honest, I was fucking fuming about that. I was, when he got subbed, I was joking at the time, like, to John. Because the, as they came off, like we were, you know, when you see changes are made, you always speculate, oh, who's going to go off? I think it's going to be blah blah blah. And I'd called two of the subs right, but the third one, I thought it's probably going to be Bobby then because Bobby's been getting subbed quite a lot in games, and obviously Darwin was causing havoc. So I didn't think for a second he'd be going off. And when I seen his number go up, I was fuming, and I said to John, I said, I fucking feel like going home now. I'm proper pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> but so like, I wanted to know like what was that all about? Because I got the other two subs because we've just had like an energy sapping game at the weekend, and uh, clearly to make subs after 55 minutes, it's kind of you think that's pre-planned. 
uh, you know, they've said, right, look, we've got some tired legs after the weekend. It was a high-intensity game. We might be a little bit flat in the second half, so we'll we'll pep it up with some subs. So I understood the logic behind, like, a triple substitution. I just didn't understand that Darwin was one of the three. But Klopp said afterwards that um, at half-time, Darwin had said, like, this is, I've got a little bit of stiffness in my muscles, but he's like, no, it's fine. You know, I, I'll play on. I'm okay. But just letting them be aware that, like... He maybe he needed a massage or something, or you know there was something not quite right, and Klopp said like it was in his head. Then he said after that he said every time I seen him make a sprint, I was like no, I, I can't be having this. I've got yeah. to take him off. Okay. And it was probably not long after he'd done that like burst right through the two players and and got the shot in because like that's when if you've got like any hamstring issue or something that's when it's likely to go is when you're doing something like that you know a sprint off the mark quick sprint. So Klopp just shit himself and was like no, I, I can't take any chances. You know we've lost Diaz, we've, we've lost Jota. So he just he, he got him off just to protect him, but he said okay. he's fine. Well, we'll be all right for the weekend, no problem. All right, that's fine. Okay, um, so let's just stick with the first half a minute because I have stuff to say about the subs, uh, even as necessary as they may be. Um, but Jules, I thought we started the game like really, really well. Uh, got a, a deserved goal, and I thought like West Ham offered almost like zero resistance. It was almost like a training session where it was really easy for us to sort of just play through them at will. Um, I thought they were dead passive, I dead just really slow. And um, we, made it tell, we made it tell early on with that with that goal for Darwin. Nice little header and a, and a great cross from Costas to, uh, to put us ahead. West Ham played like a typical David Moyes team at Anfield. Mm. Yeah. yeah, totally agree with that. There's... Um, <clears throat> You've covered you've covered everything there in, in that question. They uh they they didn't they didn't have much. We were very we controlled the tempo. We controlled the game and and crucially in the in the first half as well we were creating chances like actual clear cut chances which hasn't been the case this season where we've had you know especially against teams that come and defend they'll they'll be they'll be sitting back a bit and we've been struggling to break them break them apart even when we're trying to get it out wide and we just we're, we're crossing aimless balls into the box but of course when you've got Nunez up there they're not always aimless um mm -hmm. and yeah the goal was I, I said to you at half time I knew it was a goal the moment the, after but it, it had left uh Simicass's foot from about a, about a, a foot a yard after it had, he had he had crossed it I thought I shouted yes because I thought that's going in now. that's just a quality cross and then I saw Nunez coming on the end of it I thought that's going in now um, and it was, and I was, I do, I, I enjoy a power header, but I do enjoy a downward header into the ground than into the net, because they're almost impossible to save because the the keeper can't get the physics right because the the downward force and then the and then the upward trajectory from it is just almost impossible. That's why everyone reveres like the Gordon Banks save and stuff is because mm -hmm. it's now impossible to get down and do them. They are real. Yeah, I was going to say equalizers, but that wouldn't sound right in the context. But they are they are really difficult to deal with. Uh, I was and I was really pleased with how we were playing. But of course, when you're one 0 up, you're always thinking like, especially how we've been this season. They probably need our second goal here. And then uh, we were cruising towards half time, and then all of a sudden, Joe Joe Gomez decided to. I wouldn't say have a moment of madness because I've got to be honest, you know. In real time, I didn't think it was a penalty. I thought it was a bit of a strong challenge, and I thought, you know, you're risking doing that in the penalty area. But um, having looked at it, looked at it back, I can see why they've given that as a penalty. And it was obvious from the moment that 
they were having a discussion longer than 30 seconds that it was going to be given mm-hmm. as a penalty. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter that the referee was told to go and look at the monitor because it was just it just took so long. You just thought, no, this can be a penalty because if it's not, they'll just they'll have a they'll have a cursory glance and go, yeah, that's fine, just carry on. But that was and it it was um it would have been far more than West Ham deserved if they if they had scored that. But obviously, it was saved by Allison and. You know, we can talk about that save or, uh, if we want, but what I was really, really pleased with, which is, again, I said to you at half time, was the tremendous amount of shit housing that Allison and Thiago and Verge did in the in the uh, during the time when the VAR was being checked, and then when the penalty was actually going to be taken, which involved uh, in 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 no particular order, Allison pointing that the ball was was blowing off the spot, which it wasn't. Thiago then getting involved and saying like, "You sure about this?" Are you sure this is a penalty? Come on now. And the ref going, yeah, shut up. And then it's, okay, I'll go back. And then it's, are you sure that ball's on the spot? And then Verge walking over and go, ref, ref, what gives? Ref. And it's like, all of this. And it, it just took, it. if it, if they were doing it, if someone was doing it to our players, we'd all be fuming. Like, that's proper shit I was in that. We don't usually do that. We've often said we're too nice. Uh, and then it took so long. And then the, 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 the crowd was, was fairly up then, you know, chanting Allison's name. I didn't think it was a particularly good penalty, it was, but it was a good save from Allison. Uh, and then once they'd missed that, I've got to be honest, it's not something I'd ever speak out loud when the game is on. But I thought you know, that's probably their chance now. That's going to knock their confidence. That'll that'll probably be enough for us. See, I've got to take issue with with that. I think um, you've said that the ball's not moving on the spot. I'm sorry, but if Allison says that ball's moving, then Fair the ball was moving. He's a man of God. Allison uh, well, is not going to lie. <laughs> Well, if it was Adrian only... in goal, Adrian, Fair enough. he's got like there's no limits to what he'll do. Adrian's like a proper twat, but Allison, if he says that ball's moving, the ball's moving. The the ball was blowing. The wind in the first half, not so much in the first half, was really bad. And when West Ham were trying to take a free kick um, and a corner, that the ball was the ball was rolling. Yeah. Um, but but that was part of the down to they were taking so long to line it up doing that that thing footballers do where they look like they're they're taking a sniper shot in 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 Stalingrad, uh, in, the, in the Second World War you know sitting out there for days waiting it's like just whip the ball into the box fellas you know you can do it but then because he was taking so long to line it up what would happen is um, the ball would then sli- would blow slightly I thought they would have to do it NFL style when it's dead windy in the NFL or the, and the punter has to come out and hold the hold the the kickoff ball because it, it wants yeah. to stay on the uh, on the thing. But yeah, you're right. Of course, Allison Allison would never lie. So obviously, there was no shit housing from Allison there. Just Tiago, who is who is clearly a man who does enjoy it when it's needed. Yeah, he's got a very language style of of, of body language, Tiago, and he's, he's just like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm not getting involved. Just just I'm asking the question. You sure? You sure? Okay, <laughs> okay, like that. Polite shit housery. Polite shithousery, yes. Yeah. Laid um, back shithousery. So, are we all agree that it was a pen? Because I thought at the time it was a pen. I was, I was. I, I didn't at the time, but having rewatched it, I, I can, I just, it was just too strong a challenge, and he, he kind of went through the player to get the ball, which you, you can't do. Yeah, especially I, in the I area. think Gomez has he's seen the ball and, and like he's committed himself to it, and Bowen's just got his body in front of him. He's just got between them, and mm. he's already committed to it, and you can't pull out. As soon as it happened, I was like, "Oh, oh, you know, this could be a problem." And then, as you say, it was once it goes past a few seconds, you know, it's it's going to be like go to the screen and have a look. But um, with the penalty, 
I've got to give John credit for this. John went, he's left-footed, he's going to put this to the keeper's right and Alisson's going to save it. And it's exactly how it plays out. And I was like, no, no, he's going to go in the other corner, he's going to give him the eyes and he'll go across. And John's like, no, left-footers always go in that corner. And it's exactly what happened. So, yeah, just credit to John for that one. Shout out to John. Um, first of all, I think um, Alisson's more likely to have made the ball move than lie about the ball moving. <laughs> given his, uh, but um, I, on first view, I didn't think it was. Um, I, but I, I kind of thought that oh shit, if they check that, that's going to be one of those things that looks really bad when it's slowed yeah. down. But when I saw it from the actual camera angle in the stadium uh, when I got home last night, I was like, yeah, that's that's a pen, no arguments there. And I, I don't think, I mean. Like, John mentioned that the penalty itself was predictable. I don't think he ever looked comfortable either, Bowen. Like, you didn't... You get this sense, don't you, when someone's stepping up to take a pen and you can you yeah. can tell... Like, when you're watching the shootout in the World Cup and you know nothing about the players, you can just kind of tell by their yeah, body yeah. language and the way they're shaping up, like, who's going to miss and who's going to score most of the time. And I, it just didn't appear to me like Bowen had... Um, had the look of someone who was who thought he was going to score that penalty, and it wasn't a great pen, but it was an excellent save. And uh, you know, credit to Allison for that because it, you know it wasn't one of those pens that was just slightly. To, he he was at full strength strength to push it away. So fair yeah. play. Um, and yeah, that got us in uh, at halftime one nil, all looking good, and with a platform to build upon in the second half. But I think we we kind of had to step down from that platform 10 minutes into the half where we removed three of our most effectual players perhaps our three most effectual players from a forward perspective on the night with Nunes, Thiago and um Carvalho I thought cuz the thing I love about him and I think that I think that was most evident last night is just how fantastic he is at like knitting the play together constantly constantly like sewing in different threads and keeping us moving in a way that some of our other midfielders as much as their industriousness benefits us doesn't quite do yeah I thought he he struggled to start with and then he uh, he played his way into the game because I think what he started doing he was drifting in field and he was getting more central and getting involved but when he was over on the left he was wasn't having any impact and um, it's probably about 20 minutes before he started to look comfortable I thought um, I thought he did okay, but it was an obvious change to make, I thought, that one. Thiago, because Henderson didn't start at the weekend, Thiago was always going to be the midfielder who came off. Um, and then we spoke about the Darwin change, why that occurred, but at the time it just seemed crazy. But you don't often see that, like three subs after 55 minutes. It was, it was a little bit strange, but I just think it's it's also based on what we've got coming over the next few weeks as well. It's like twice a week. Whenever you've got a chance to to rotate it a bit, and you know you're bringing on Harvey, Fabinho, um, who's the other one? Who's the third sub who came on? The the first three subs. Harvey came that. on, Fabinho, um, and then we had Milner and Robbo. Who's the other one? Jones. Oh yeah, Curtis. Yeah, Curtis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in itself, that's that's a, a point that n- nobody realised that it was Curtis that came on because he didn't. He didn't really do have, much now. Didn't do much at but all. But he hasn't played since pre-season, so True. it's yeah. to be expected. Yeah. And I do think that playing left midfield is something that might might work to us to his benefit over the next few weeks. Um, the change in formation might actually help him because I think when he plays centre midfield, he's been too safe. We've spoke about this a lot. Like you know, he's trying to do the right thing all the time and not really 
he's playing within himself. He's not expressing himself. I think maybe if he plays on the left of the of a, a midfield four, you might see him doing the things that he did when he first got in the team. So that's the hope anyway, because he, he needs to step up. We, we've got to see more from him. Mm-hmm. And we are going to see more of him. It's just that's mm. the reality. If he's fit, then we are going to see more of him. But, you know, regardless of the reasons for the subs, which were good, I said to you when we were coming out of the match duels and we both sort of said the same thing at the same time, that the subs kind of killed us a little bit in terms of an attacking force in the game. Um and it sort of killed our rhythm. I didn't think the balance of the team was quite right after that. But I guess this is just the kind of the gauntlet we're going to have to run, the chances we're going to have to take um, while there are a lot of injuries around and while the games are coming as thick as fast as they are. Yeah, they did. They killed, they killed the momentum stone dead for us. Now, part of that was, as Dave's just said, Jones hasn't played for so long that he was always going to be a bit rusty. Um, and then part of it was Fabinho came on looking like he had a massive carb heavy roast dinner or something for lunch and just yeah. couldn't run about and just he was all sitting in his stomach and every every few every few minutes he'd pull up and go no don't don't so great <laughs> um because he, he was like I've, I've seen people remark this season that Fabinho hasn't been good and i've, I've sort of thought oh, i think he's been all right but tonight look, he looked terrible <laughs> he was he was he was off the pace uh, he wasn't getting involved, and with Thiago playing so well, the 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 gap that Thiago had left, Fabinho just was not filling at all. And so, when you have Jones who hadn't been playing and Thiago and uh, Fabinho who, who who didn't look who looked well off the pace, it's not really a surprise. The momentum just completely stopped, uh, and um, <laughs> it it took a while for us to regain sort of any traction because West Ham had a little spell then, again. Not, um, not not so much having lots of chances, but just having lots of the ball. With Fabinho as well, though, I, th- I think I totally agree with you. And my impression of him was he was either committing a foul or trying to and not getting there. And that was his entire time on the, on the pitch was basically just doing that. He was just <laughs> so slow and late to everything. Um, and I thought he was good against Man City. Because like, um, I don't think he's been... He's looked himself all season, but I did think he played well in that game. But then he comes on and he's just like leggy as fuck, isn't he, in that one? Mm. It is a bit of a concern. But that's been part of our problem all season. It's like we've, we've had, there's lots of things gone wrong, lots of problems we've had. One of the biggest is our world-class players have not played like world-class players. So that was like Virgil, Mo, Fabinho, um, you know, Trent. Trent. You, can, you can go on, but like those three in particular. But I think... Mo has now started to look like Mo again, and the last couple of games, I think Virgil looks like he's. I don't really know. I don't want to say he's had a wake up call. I don't think it's that, but I think he's refocused himself and he's gone. Okay, I want to actually defend now, and you know, take pleasure from defending rather than just being like swaggering about like, oh look, I'm the man. He seems to be like more willing to to get his hands dirty a bit now. Even last night, there's like a couple of things where he's just. Just cleared the ball out. He was just put, knocked it out, no messing about. Just knocked it out for a throw in. I'm like, yeah, he's focused again. You know, this is he's he's just trying to first and foremost defend. Don't let them score. Just do whatever it takes. And it looks like he's he's maybe getting back into his best form again, just based on like the last couple of games, which is what we need because you can't be successful like the way we've been. You you can't do that when like your your main players are just not completely at it. 
and that's been the case for most of the season but it does feel like some of them have turned it round now mm-hmm. yeah I agree you can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms whether it's Apple Google Spotify Amazon or Podbean just search for the Liverpool Way leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes you can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary, and access to the members-only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. It's it's not like the the momentum that we lost completely killed us as as an attacking force. I didn't think like we did. We were still creating some chances. I think Bobby had a couple of decent chances. One was just deflected wide, and he had the free header from a corner. I was convinced we were going to score from a corner last night, you know, because it just mm. seemed like every time the ball came in, we were, and especially with like you know the delivery was really good as well last night. I thought every time the ball came in, I thought we were going to get on the end of it. And Bobby did get on that one, that free header, and um, probably should have done better with that, but. There were a few chances to add to our lead, Jules, but it just couldn't, kind of wouldn't go in. No, I, I agree. I thought we, we looked really dangerous from corners. Um, I was surprised, even after even after Darwin went off, surprised we, we didn't score from them. And yeah, Bobby had a good chance. There was um, there was just wide. Mo had a couple of chances. Uh, Zuma always scored. One from yeah. the corner as well. Yeah, and Curtis. Uh, over. There was that great one where, where Zuma had to put her over the bar as well. So again, I... I even though I thought we weren't as good in the second half and we didn't exert as much control, I still thought we. The, the most positive thing about last night was not just that was that we were we were creating chances again against a a compact team because that has not been happening this season. Um, it's a it's re, it's like we've got we're playing away on on Saturday morning, which is always a tough fixture for us. I feel like the Saturday morning because Klopp hates them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I, at least Fabinho should be better because you can't eat a full roast dinner at like seven a.m. in the morning. Yeah, but he might so. have a full English, though, might he? Well, he might have. You've, yeah, he might have a full English. You're right. Um, but we're playing away at Forest, who aren't in good form and concede goals readily, um, although they have tightened up a little bit in the last few games. And um, but I don't see them playing especially compact. So again, it. It's it's quite heartening that we are creating these chances now against the 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 other, the other teams in the league, because momentum's now absolutely key. Arsenal and Manchester City didn't play last night. Um, Tottenham dropped three points. Chelsea dropped two points. So if we can win again ahead of everyone else, it just tightens the league up a little bit more. Just makes everyone feel a little bit more positive. Feels like the arrow's going up because the week after that, I think it spurs away, which is going to be. Um, a difficult one that that will be a team that will be not only dangerous in attack but also will will play quite compact so that'll be that'll be the real test of how 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 much we've recovered our mojo um that game away at spurs but in the meantime continuing to just create chances and actually look like we're dangerous again is, is paramount yeah i mean i think you raised a good point there jules i, I was saying to um dave yesterday afternoon that um Going into the City game last weekend, we were facing being 17 points behind Arsenal if we'd have lost, because they they yeah. pretty much won by the time we all got into the stadium. Um, we managed to pull out the win. We won last night. Their game was postponed. We play again before they play. So we'll have played effectively three times. 
And if we win on Saturday, we've cut the gap at the top to eight points. They have a game in hand, but their game in hand is City. So um, it, it does look like a hell of a lot different than it would have done had things not gone our way a week ago. And like you say, if we can just keep nudging away, like a couple of points here, a couple of points there, um, win the games we should, don't lose the games that are on the line then... Um, by the time the World Cup comes around, we, we might still be able to find ourselves in a position that's not uh, irrecoverable. Yeah, and the, the thing is, that the, the top four spaces, there are probably six good teams this year vying for those top four spaces. Um, they're not always consistently good, but they are, they're, they're obviously more competently coached. United are clearly more competently coached than last season. So are Spurs. So that and Spurs got into the top four last year. So there, there's there's two. Chelsea now look very competent. Arsenal sadly look very competent, and you know Manchester City uh, haven't really changed. So it's going to be it's when it comes down to the to the wire to the crunch next when the World Cup resumes. It's going to be who who's got the nerve and who's got the muscle memory to do it, which we do, and some of these teams don't. So it is important that we keep in touch with them now heading into that world because you don't know what the what the landscape will look like after the World Cup um, with some players away and whether there'll be injuries or you know mental fatigue or whatever you just don't know what's going to happen so we've we've sort of stumbled at the start line here and now we're we're running to catch up but we are slowly uh, slowly gaining uh, and it's just about <clears throat> if, if it, it the style of play has changed but but not like demonstrably so that it, it's not unenjoyable to watch but we're obviously playing you know the focus, two clean sheets in a row now when we couldn't, you know, we haven't conceded the first goal. Again, I, I actually do think that's quite key, scoring the first goal in games. I think if we continue to score the first goal in games, this is not going to be like a really stupid thing. Like if we score the first, if we score a goal, we'll win. Well, obviously you need to score a goal to win. But if we're not conceding first, I think the the, the continuous conceding first was knocking the confidence and the of the players a little bit as well. Um, you know, here we go again. Um, so, to take the lead in some of these games, something to hold on to, and then play on the break, and uh, you know, unleash Salah through the middle. Um, again, I, I, I think if we can continue that sort of vein of of, of style of play for now, we'll, we'll probably suit us right because we need we need a tighten. We've got the players to tighten up the bar. We've got the best goalkeeper in the league, and what should be the best centre half in the league, although he's not played like it recently. So if you can put, you know, Canate's due to come back. If you can put it all put it all together, there's a chance that the defensive base will be what launches us forward again yeah yeah um dave you got anything to add to that no i agree with all that and i think we're always going to score goals so it's just a case of don't give away stupid ones because it's very rare that we're going to not score in a game uh, especially with mo starting to look like he's got his mojo back and you know darwin's looking dangerous so we've got goals in us so just stop conceding the first goal and giving yourself a mountain to climb all the time and and if you can keep like clean sheets or even even restrict it to one, usually I think we'll score more than one. And maybe not necessarily against like the better teams, but you could probably give away a goal against Southampton and still win. But but it's Arsenal away, isn't it? We conceded after a minute. Yeah, we conceded three you've, goals. You've got to yeah. stop doing that. They've got to stop yeah. conceding the first one. But like you know, if, if you let in one goal against Southampton, you'd still expect to. I'm using Southampton just as an example. It applies to. You know, basically anyone in the bottom half, uh, you'd still expect that we, the way we're playing now, because we, we we look better going forward as well. 
just a bit more cohesive than it was at the start of the season. So you'd think we're probably going to be capable of scoring two more often than not. So just stop giving away stupid goals. Let's use the, the, the defences, like the platform to build on, instead of it being the other way around. We're, like, we're hanging our hat on scoring goals, and then, well, if we concede a few, you know. Now let's just become more solid at the back, like we have been. Um, Bows our luck a little bit there. We've, we've needed a penalty save to keep the clean sheet, so I don't put too much stock in the, oh, we've kept two clean sheets in a row, because you know, mm-hmm. you've, you've needed a penalty save to do that. So, um, but... Other than that, they didn't have too many chances. You know, the way it's been most of the season where teams have been running through us, well, that didn't happen. I don't think they had any any opportunity where someone's just gone, like, running through behind our defence. The chances they had came from, like, crosses and stuff, didn't it? So I think we're defending deeper now. You know, we're not giving as much room behind for yeah. teams to run into, and that's obviously going to help us. Uh, whether that's to do with the, the, the change to four four two, or whether it's just where yeah, we're going to defend a bit deeper, I don't know. Maybe a combination of both. It might Can be I easier just... to defend that way when you're playing four four two. I don't know, but Can... yeah. Go Sorry, on, Dave. Can I, I, just, I just remember something I was thinking last night. And I thought, God, I've got to remember this. I, I, the, uh, you say about the luck and the penalty. The funny thing about that was. The VAR penalty was given at Anfield <laughs> the very next game after Guardiola was going, you get nothing at Anfield, you yeah. get nothing, this is Anfield, this is Anfield, you get nothing. <laughs> and then the very next game, the away team gets given a, not only a penalty, a VAR given penalty as well. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, Pep. You what a crying bastard he is. Um, oh, my God. He, he would have been, I reckon he'd have been watching that last night, livid. He'd have been yelling to his missus, it's still Anfield, this is Anfield, my point stands, my point stands. And his missus is rolling her eyes like, yeah, 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 okay. My point stands. He's like me dad clinging to his like his, his incorrect Darwin take in in like in the face of all evidence to the contrary. You know, he's like, no, no, he's still shit, he's still shit. <laughs> no, to be fair to me dad, he actually said last night, oh, he wasn't bad. So, you know, <laughs> baby steps. Um, I don't think it was just the penalty save there that was required to keep the clean sheet. There was, like, right after the penalty, they had that header that just went straight into the ground that should have buried from the corner. That was a big let-off. Uh, and then there were a couple of other moments as well. We mentioned the block from Milner right at the death. I actually thought that was a save from Allison, but it was a block. Or, it was, was both. It? Yeah, it, it, Milner both, blocked okay. it. And then it hit Allison, but it was going wide anyway when it hit Allison. Okay, fair enough. Um, but the um, like our defending wasn't good for that at all. Like was that Trent the one got caught with, out. I think. Yeah, I, I think that was the wind, though. To be fair, you know the, Maybe, the wind yeah. was a problem all night with those like uh-huh. high cross field balls. Um, I think because he was underneath it and he was like waiting to head it, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh shit, it's gone over my head. So yeah, yeah I think it just maybe caught the breeze a little bit, but then he got skinned. Um, yeah. It goes over his head to Ben Rama, doesn't it? And then he absolutely skinned him like one on one, just went past him like he wasn't there. So yeah, that wasn't great. I thought Trent was was decent last night up until like he had to start defending in the last twenty minutes, and then you could mm-hmm. see like just a bit of maybe a bit of lack of confidence in his defending. Um, well, there was also that one way ran the other way. He ran into the middle and left. Was it Ben Rama again at the back post? And he had that sort of from, side foot yeah, volley. From, like, that... the, the big high ball that everyone went way yeah. and then it was like oh shit Allison's not coming for that it's caught on the wind <laughs> and it went all the way to the back post and he volleyed it straight at Allison. the other first thing yeah. I did there was because it was Joe Gomez that's closing him down first thing I did I was like where the fuck's Trent and he was like stood on the edge of the box so I don't know why mm-hmm. I don't know 
why he got attracted there or yeah, I'd have to watch that again to see. But I know he was like he was nowhere to be seen when, when the ball arrived at the back post. Yeah, it was weird. The ball the ball was in the air and he just sort of ran in the other direction towards the penalty spot. Mm. I don't know whether he thought he'd had a shout or whether he thought Gomez was coming across and he needed to cover where Gomez had left, but it, it, it is a strange yeah, visual, we'll put it that way. Like, I don't understand it. But anyway, um, that the, the scare with the Milner block was kind of it, really. It was it was all um, in the bag after that. And um, yeah, another three points, another clean sheet, um, up to seventh, I think we are in the table now, the heady heights of seventh. Mm. Uh, going into a really winnable game at the weekend, Dave. Um, don't be Forest bottom seven. of the league. Seventh is like you know. Don't forget, Everton have brought out DVDs for that. <laughs> the Magnificent Seventh. Right. Remember, they actually brought a DVD out called The Magnificent Seventh because they finished seventh. That. So don't be knocking that. <laughs> you do not have to be a winner to be a winner. Yeah. But he is a winner. <laughs> but he is a winner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Grace, that picture of him holding that is one of the. Yeah. the the greatest things that's ever that yeah. paintings are the greatest thing that's ever happened. It is tavern. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> we have to do a pilgrimage to there one day. I think it got knocked down. Is it down. real or something? I'm sure what? it got knocked down. I'm sure I read somewhere that it got knocked down. We'll have to we'll have to look that up. I might be wrong. It won't be the first okay. time I've been wrong. No, it certainly won't. It might be no. the first time you've admitted you've been wrong, but like it definitely won't be the first time you've been wrong. Yeah, um, that's fair. Anyway. Are we so are we done talking about West Ham? Uh, oh no! I tell you what I want to say about this game. Uh, we've not mentioned it so far, and I'm going to say it, even though I'm I'm running the risk of being attacked for saying it. Uh, Jordan Henderson was great last night. I thought he was our best player. I thought the second half he was brilliant. So who's so, attacking you for that? Oh yeah, Twitter. Uh, someone commented on the pod it's as well. I was reading that the, the uh, he's probably listening whoever he is, but like I was reading like the comments on Podbean, and someone I I, was, I, I don't normally read them, and, and I was just I was catching up on like a few comments that were on there, and it was from a couple of weeks ago, and someone had said you English guys are always defending Jordan Henderson or something like that. I'm like, well, oh. if I'm de- if I'm defending Jordan Henderson, I can tell you it's got fuck all to do with me being English and him being English. It's like if anything, it, it's you know it would be in spite of me being English because I, I don't really class myself as English. I am, but I, I'd rather not be. But I've got no like allegiance to always oh, English. I'm going to defend them. You know, fuck that. If I'm defending Jordan Henderson, it's because I love Jordan Henderson based on what he's done. But you know what? I don't think at any point this season any of us on here have been saying oh Hendo's playing well. So mm-hmm. I don't know what the problem is here. The fact that like we're not constantly attacking him, saying he's shit and he's finished and all that. Well, no, he's not. He's not shit. He's not finished. He's still he's still got something left in the tank. But he's the role that he's been in the last few games, where he maybe come on as a sub, and then last night he comes in for the start. That's what it should be now. It shouldn't be like classed as an automatic starter. But you know, you saw last night he was he was driving us on. He was making those forward runs, getting beyond like making runs beyond the ball. Lovely cutbacks, picking people out in the box. I thought he was really good yeah. last night, and it's not being talked about because it's not really fashionable to say anything positive about Hendo now. But yeah, he was really good last night, and so stick that in your pipe and smoke it, whoever you are who said like, <laughs> I'm biased towards English players. <laughs> yeah. No arguments from me on that. Yeah, I mean, like, 
sometimes we don't talk about Hendo. I feel like the only times that it's worthy that we do feel like it's worthy of mentioning if he if he hasn't been at his best because he's been so reliable for so long for us that you know it's sometimes the stuff he does is only apparent when it's like not not the good stuff that he's he's doing. Yeah. But yeah, I fully agree with that. Um, seconded, hundred um, percent. Yeah. Well, we've got a, we've got a non-English person on the pod, so let, let's get let's get the non-English person's take on Hendo. Well, you're not going to be you're not going to be biased because you're not English, Jill. So go on. No, uh, well, last night I thought he was one of our best players. Mm-hmm. Run about, run. I think people sometimes mistake him running about as like a sort of a headless chicken act. It's not. It's all. It's all by design. It's all like. It's all it's all part of the the, the you know the press and how, how we how we manage midfield, but there was a bit um, second half where um, he was yelling at Salah for not for not covering a uh, a it's player properly, it's yeah from the throw in, and like that's the sort of stuff you don't see on the telly, but like that's that's what you need from your captain and the guy marshalling your midfield. That's that's what you want. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought he was one of our best players. He hasn't been great this season. I think he's struggled with injury and and um, with getting back into form. But <laughs> no, it's laugh it's laughable that you would defend him because he's English. I know. <laughs> you know that one with Mal? I, like that happened like right in front of me. Uh, it yeah. was funny because I, I think it was really unfair because I don't think Mal was. I think Mal thought Mal it was unfair too. There was yeah. two players there and Mal was stood yeah. in the middle and Hendo was like shouting something at him, like pointing at him. He should be marking. And Mo just kind of looks at him and like throws his hands up, and it was like you know what it reminds me of, you know in Goodfellas when um, when Paulie's sitting there with his big cigar, and uh, and like well, what what's the the guy the guy who owns the restaurant what was his name can't remember Tuddy, yeah uh, no no Tuddy ran the the cab stand the guy who ran the restaurant oh, yeah. he was complaining, um, he was complaining about uh, you know the way Joe Pesci was carrying on, and so he's like complaining and Paulie sat there and he's just going. What do you want from me? What do you want from me? What's this guy want from me? And that's what Mo was like. He was like, he was looking at Hendo and he's like, I've got the two of them here. Like, you know what? You, what do you want me to do here? And Hendo was just like fucking shouting at him. But I think he was just trying to keep everyone on the toes. You know, like last few minutes of the game and uh, defending a one 0 lead. He's, he's just making sure everyone's like, you know, concentrated and bang at it. Like, which is what we need. Yeah, and he played ninety minutes as well last night. I can't remember the last time he played the full ninety. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's great for it's a great sign when it comes to his fitness and where the staff think he's at on that level. So that's good. I mean, moving on to Saturday now, it probably seems unlikely that he'll play again. I mean, he won't play again. It'll be Thiago and um, what's his name, Fabinho. <laughs> what's, what's his name? His name? Thiago. <laughs> these, I, these, I tell you what, these early morning pods don't work for me at all. <laughs> I'm really struggling today. Sorry about that. But um, yeah, Thiago and Fabinho. Yeah, um, I think you're right. Yeah. In in the centre on on Saturday morning. And Hendo coming on after an hour probably. Yeah, and in terms of, I mean, I, I just, just go with it, Dave. How do you think we'll line up? Uh, I think, uh, I think it'll be Robbo coming back in at left back. Otherwise, same back four, same goalkeeper. Possibly, can I say he might come back in if he's fit? I don't know. Was he on the bench last night? Or did he, did he not make? It? He wasn't, was he? Not Phillips was on the no. bench, so. Yeah, yeah, so um, if Canati's fit, maybe he comes back into the equation, but probably not. Uh, midfield, as you say, probably Thiago, Fabinho. I think Harvey on the right. Uh, on the left, 
not sure. That's the one, isn't it? And I think that's going to be the one for like the next few weeks where we're going. Who's going to play on the left today? Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. And I think up front, I think it'll be Darwin and Mo. I think Bobby will nice. will drop to the bench. So maybe maybe Carvalho because he played fifty five minutes of the probably thinking, get him off, protect him. So yeah, I think Carvalho will probably play on the left. Yeah, not Ox. No, Curtis. but I tell you what, people can say what they like about Ox, and I, I have you know I'm not a fan of Ox playing wide at all, but that's in a four three three. I think if we're playing four four two and we want to play Mo up front and we're looking at options on the right. I think he could do a job in certain games. You know, he's that's probably his natural position where he played most of his career before switching to the middle. And even when he played in the middle, he was on the right side of the three, wasn't he? So he was over on that side of the pitch. So I think yeah. we might see him. You might get like a couple of starts between now and the World Cup as a right midfield in a 4 4 2. It's not like it's not going to be first choice, it's not something that. I'm advocating, but I do think that we'll see it because we've not got that many options in, in the wide positions. I mean, it was surprising that, that Mo reverted back to that last night. Uh, I didn't think we'd see too much of him playing it, but it's to do with the lack of options, isn't it? You know, sure. Who else is going to play there? I mean, this is why, like, Jota getting hurt. We didn't talk about it much on, on Sunday because of the euphoria of the win, but. Plus, Jota we didn't know how hurt. bad it was either, did we? No, well, I mean, come on, it looks pretty bad. He was stretched off. That's yeah, always but a, it's yeah, always a bad until sign. you get confirmation, you're still hopeful. Maybe mm-hmm. it'll be a couple of weeks, but no, it's he's out till after the World Cup. So, yeah. but we had you, you know, we had two great options there. Um, yeah, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and now they're they're both out. So it's it's going to be a bit of a problem position for us. But I think four four two kind of minimizes the problem as as much as it possibly can like I think it would be a much bigger deal without having a nap you know when we've had to put a square peg in a round hole in front three doesn't look very good at all but then I don't I wouldn't mind seeing Darwin um on the left of a front three every now and again I think he can do that I think some of the stuff I saw from him when they played um when Benfica played us last year he was kind of quite effective cutting in from the, yeah. the left but um you know it's not ideal but I wouldn't be adverse to seeing a front three of Darwin, Bobby, and Mo on the right of that front three, maybe. But you know, we'll see. There's if, going to be if we a, change a back, we'd have to change back yeah. the system. But yeah, that, I wouldn't have him in a four, but in a three, yeah, you could you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Jules, what do you reckon? You're uh, you're going up against your adopted hometown, more or less. On the fuck on, am um, I? Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> you take that back. That's like me being called English. It's like the same reaction. Okay, <laughs> now. No, I'm not taking it back. I'm gonna let you sit with it for a while. I'll take it back like tomorrow or something. Fuck. I text you and say, "Sorry about that." Not your adopted. Yeah. Okay, the place that you live that you don't like. You're going up against them at the weekend. I'm go. I'm going up against the te- the nearest Premier League team to me. That's all that is. Okay. It used to be Leicester. Right. Now it's Forest. <laughs> the nearest Hooters as well. The only Hooters yeah. currently. <laughs> the only Hooters. Yeah. I can imagine the away the away Hooters. lads will be will be buzzing off of that. They'll have realised last year in the cup there's a Hooters, but uh, they'll be all be bouncing in there in their in their black puffer jackets and shorts. Uh, uh, I'm glad you like... clarified that when you said they'll all be bouncing in there. Bouncing, like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, obviously, <laughs> yeah. They won't get it. They won't. The the the, uh, the number of, the number of lads last night of the match in shorts is just truly baffling. Oh, it was going fucking freezing. Yeah. I was so they got their, they got their puffer jackets on. Oh. They got puffer jackets on and hoodies, and then shorts. Like, I, know. Mm, I think you're doing it wrong here. 
No, it, um, was, it was Baltic. That was like the coldest yeah. I've been in ages. It was horrible. I don't even remember what the question Chris asks because I'm so disgusted with it. I don't know what it was. What was it? Um, I guess how we're going to line up and um, how do you think the 12.30 kickoff is going to affect us? Uh, are we going to be fresh enough? Um, Forest have had a little bit of an uptick over the weekend. They, you know, they managed to keep a clean sheet and get a point against Brighton. Uh, no easy feat. We struggled to do it. Um, so do you think this is going to be a problematic game for us or do you think we'll be able to keep the momentum going and just um, you know, keep on rolling? Well, I always feel I, always feel, I might be wrong, but I always feel that we uh, the first half of these twelve thirty kickoffs are always a bit of a slog because it takes us a little while to get going. Um, I actually think it probably harms Forest more that it's a twelve thirty kickoff because their cr- crowds are never that up for twelve thirty games and they've got quite a good crowd. Mm-hmm. They've, they've, they've developed their crowd, um, their atmosphere into quite an old school one, so that'll harm them. Yeah, look, <laughs> no matter what form you're in, you'd expect to be beating the, the promoted side who's, bo- who's second bottom of the table, who we beat last year in the FA Cup. So I don't think it's been, been overconfident or cocky or anything like that or, pre- or presumptuous to say we should be beating Forest. Currently, how they're playing and how we're sort of putting things together, um, yeah, obviously weird things can happen. I, I'd expect us to line up as, as Dave described. Um, with the changes, I don't, I don't think we'll see much different. The squad's too thin to really make to make any more changes than that, anyway. So um, <clears throat> it's just more of the same from 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 Liverpool. Please, well, just keep that clean sheet, keep it, keep it defensively tight, and uh, Forest will give you chances. Yeah, fair enough. And and you know another thing we we've mentioned the sort of attritional rise up the table in in the last few weeks and. The ability to keep that going. We win on Saturday, and then two of the teams ahead of us, Chelsea and Man United, play each other on Saturday night. So there's another opportunity there to gain. Well, we'll gain on at least one of them, and maybe both. So um, some handy fixtures for us coming up as well. So hopefully we'll be in much better shape when Spurs that. Spurs play Newcastle as well, who are both ahead of us on Sunday. Okay, just so keep again, chipping away, haven't we? Yeah. So again, yeah. what these fixtures that you, you spot on, Chris? This is exactly where. That you've got to win this game because it's such a valuable. There's there's valuable gains to be made no matter what happens that weekend. You just mentioned Newcastle, so I, I, we've got to. We can't let this go. The Eddie Howe shit. I'm having a go at clock. Oh my god. I mean, I could Cheeky do an bastard. entire pod just on this. I'm, I'm like so much to say about it, but I'll I'll just keep it brief. Uh, Paul said a while back, Eddie Howard made a great Nazi, and I think that sums it up perfectly. You know, he's like won't take any responsibility for, for what's going on with his bosses. He's like, oh, I'm just doing my job, you know. I don't know about any of that. Fuck off. You're an intelligent fella. You know exactly what your bosses are all about and what's going on over there. For him to be having a go at Klopp, I'm like, you cheeky, sniveling little twat. He's abs- He's a fucking disgrace, Eddie Howe. Absolute disgrace. I used to think he was all right, and then he's gone there, and he's just shown us true colours. He's a fucking low life, Eddie Howe. The the uh, the Guardian cartoonist David Squires always always has him in an Imperial officer's uniform from Star Wars yeah. in his cartoons, which is, is is the polite way of saying what what you and Paul yeah. have just said. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it, it was the full moralizing, right? Um, you know, he's sitting there going like, you know, I, I believe I'll, you know, we got we, kids watch us, so we've got a moderate behaviour. It's like, come on, mate, you you're working for Saudi Arabia, you can't sit there and say that with a straight face. In all honesty, you know, oh yeah, I've got to present the right image. Like, oh, okay, 
is is uh, is Jalen dissidents for 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 posting on Twitter the right the right image? Is it wet wipe? Giving people a death sentence because, like, you know what? It's it's like remember uh, remember the two old women who, who had the house on Kemlin Road, and they wouldn't sell, and like Liverpool mm, were yeah. like wanting to get get hold of that house, and some of the things that that Liverpool were doing wasn't particularly good, you know the way that whole thing was handled wasn't brilliant, but the same things happen in Saudi Arabia, and they've just issued death sentences to everyone who wouldn't move. <laughs> So I mean that, that's that's the level like of, of what you're dealing with here, and if I know about that, you can be fucking damn sure Eddie Howe knows about it. But when he gets asked in his press conference, he's like, "Well, you know, I'm not really educated enough on all of that." Fuck off! You take a job working for someone, you are going to be educated on on who it is you're working for. He knows right. exactly what they're all about, yeah. but he doesn't give a shit because he got himself a nice little job with like a, a team with loads of money to spend. And you know, this I understand. That's the thing. I understand why he's why he took the job, and loads of managers would have took it. It's not so much that he took that job; it's the way he's been since. You know, with his fucking holier than now attitude. Fuck off, you snivelling little twat. Eddie Howe's giving it the Carmine Junior and going like Saudi Arabia. Whatever happened there? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> you mentioned that the cartoonist who presents him in an imperial officer's uniform from Star Wars as the polite way of saying it. It's also the the um the non litigous way of saying it as well. So so yeah. uh yeah, just to to say that we're not calling him an actual literal Nazi, no, it's so a metaphor. Would have, would have made a great Nazi. It made it would have made a good Nazi. Well there you go. Um but there's a really good piece, um spoken piece, Philippe Philippe Claire um Amazing. did an interview with Off the Ball and he's just absolutely got him banged to rights. And now they say, so if you haven't yeah. heard that, I'd um, I'd recommend you go and check that out as well. I've I've retweeted um, that, so it's it's on my it's on my timeline. It's, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely he's sensational. Philippe Beauclair's always been excellent on like on nation states and sports washing, and and he he's especially good on FIFA and the and the uh, incompetence in running things as well. When you said. Uh, He's especially good on FIFA. I was like, "What is he a pro gamer as well, or something?" Yeah, like, uh, is he as good as Jota? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Anything else? else you guys want to um, add before we before we call it a day? Uh, no, I think we've think we've covered it all, haven't we? Nice. No, uh, no nothing. Probably predictions for the weekend's predictions. Go ahead. Uh, well, to me, it's going to go one or two ways. We're either going to batter them. And win like five or six nil, or it's going to be like a real slog, and it'll be like maybe two one. Uh, I don't know which, but it's going to be one or the other. Either way, we'll win the game. Yeah, I think we'll win the game. I think two one's a pretty good estimate. I think we're going to have, I think we're going to have to recover from an early setback and and do what we did towards the back end of last season and come from behind to win this one. But I do think we'll win. Um, momentum is a huge thing with us. We have it now, three wins in a row. Um, Things all of a sudden are starting to look a lot more cheery around Anfield. A lot of good things happening. So let's hope that we can continue that momentum on Saturday morning. Dave and the boys will be back uh, more or less straight after the game. So keep it tuned for that. Until then, we'll catch you soon. The best word I can say, but uh, we'll describe this was boom. <laughs> 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 Ooh, what was this?